0: That's how you build rivalries, and that's how you build atmosphere. Edwards, three-pointer, it's good! This team is right there with anybody else in, in the country. Porter! Porter! They are clicking on kind of a different level that we didn't, um, that we didn't see this year. Personnel issue. I think. I really think it's just a a player fit. Like I. I think. And again, this is this is partially his fault, right? These are his transfers that he brought in, right? But I'm still saying I think this is just a whiff. I think this is just a whiff. You can't. You can't. You cannot whiff with this much talent. And I love Texas Tech. This is home, and I get to stay home.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Zone Star State Podcast. I'm Matthew Bruni, and joining me as we continue this all, the end of the off season into like preseason content. I guess we could call it preseason at this mm-hmm. point. Is uh, Ishmael Johnson? Ish, you ready to to rank some things?
0: <laughs> rank some things. Rank some uh, things. <laughs> yeah, no these are these are honestly some of my favorite episodes because like it's all one, it's all our opinion, and two, it's like a really deep dive into what. The state kind of has coming back and what they're what they've added um so yeah no i'm definitely excited because last year we did these we're gonna do them a little different this year um last year i think we did our own lists for both men and women um i think we did top fives last year we're gonna do a top 10 and we're gonna do one agreed upon list for each
1: <laughs> yes one agreed upon list um this is definitely you know because last year we did obviously a preview for every single team and we yeah. did like four, or five minutes or something. I feel like this doing the transfers the way we did, and then the back courts and the front courts is a very um, similar. I, I get a very similar vibe as far as I get to know the teams. In, sure, the we just don't have to do tw- twelve episodes talking about every yeah, single team. team. Right. So with that being said, um, like Ish said, we have ten. Uh, we have an agreed upon list here. Um, we have a couple honorable mentions sure on both the men's and women's side but let's let's get right into it mm-hmm. um on the men's side first number one this was this was highly contested uh the baylor bears adam flagler lj crier do you do we want to go through the whole list first and then talk or do we want to yeah talk go, let's one?
0: go let's go through the whole list and then we'll talk about what we what kind of our
1: thoughts all right so number one baylor adam flagger flagler lj crier number two Houston, Marcus Sasser, Jamal Shedd. Three, Texas, Marcus Carr, Tyrese Hunter. Four, TCU, Mike Miles and Damian Ball. Five, Texas A&M, Tyrese Radford, Wade Taylor. Six, Texas A&M, Corpus Christi with Travian Tennyson and Tarion Murdox. Seven, Rice, Travis Evey, Quincy, Ovo- o- Quincy Olivari. Eight, North Texas, Tyler Perry, Ruben Jones. Nine Prairie View with Jeremiah uh, Gambrill and Will Douglas, and 10 Stephen F. Austin, Rhodey Ware, and Latrell Jostle. That's the 10. I will share it on the screen for people watching for a little bit. There you go. There you go. You can, want, you can visually, that's a plug to our YouTube. Yeah. If you want to <laughs> check that out on YouTube, uh, you can do that as well.
0: Dave Campbell's Texas basketball. Um, so, yeah, I mean, let's start off. I guess to start off off the top, you know, to me, the top two, or the, let's go top three. Let's talk about the top three in general, kind of our rationale behind it, because I think if you heard our last podcast, you know, we both had Tyrese Hunter as probably the best transfer, right, for in the entire state for the men's coming back. Um. So our logic with that is, it played into our logic with this, but... In the end, I think we went with what we know versus what we're kind of speculating on. We speculate and we anticipate that Tyrese uh, Tyrese Hunter is going to be a very good uh, addition for Texas and potentially bring out the best of Marcus Carr and make that probably the best backcourt in potentially, right, in the Big 12. Obviously, Baylor's going to be there as well. Um, But we know what we're getting with Adam Flagler and LJ Cryer because they looked... Obviously, you lose James Akinjo, but we know, we've we seen Adam Flagler for going on three years now. We saw LJ Cryer break out before he got hurt. Similar to Marcus Sasser, I believe he's going to be probably a preseason All-American despite going down with injury. Uh, Jamal Shedd, we saw him break out. They have Tremont Mark coming back. We kind of know what those two teams have versus what we're kind of hoping that Texas has. So I think that was my, at least... Uh, thought process because you i think you originally sent me i think houston one i think?
1: No, i had baylor one but then i was like texas and houston, houston right i was thinking about it and i was like right. maybe should we actually put houston as one because yes 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 going through it i was like you know everybody has marcus sasser as a preseason all-american and sure. I, I understand that it makes sense but and then jamal shed has been getting a lot of national po- publicity as well I mean Mm -hmm. for the job that he did obviously last year in place of Marcus Sasser like that he was great so I was like do we put them at one and then I kept going back and forth and you are right I mean with LJ Cryer last year Baylor was basically unbeatable for a lot of the year Mm -hmm. and then obviously he goes down the offense takes a hit so figuring out one and two for me was tough I I'm fine with Texas at three because Marcus Carr did have a down year last year because Tyrese Hunter does have still a couple question marks to me even though he's a very good player defensively he's great offensively I think I need to see the shooting you know come around a bit Mm -hmm. so I'm cool with them at three for me it was a battle of one and two between Baylor and Houston and yeah I'm fine with anybody who says Houston should be one Um, I just I have Baylor I, I think Baylor with Flagler and Cryer doing this for a couple years now having them at one I'm cool with and then I did mention, and if you're watching on the YouTube, I had in parentheses Keontae George who, mm-hmm. you know, if Keontae George ends up being the player that we think he is and he should be, yeah. then you mm-hmm. can theoretically add him. I tried keeping it to two players per team. Sure. But if we did expand to three, you know, you have Keontae George there and that makes it kind of an obvious number one uh, for yeah. Baylor.
0: I think the other thing too is that Jamal Shedd didn't really break out until after Sasser went down. And so, yeah. like, you know, they played together, obviously, um, and Sasser looked great. But the Jamal Shed that we kind of saw lead the team was more alongside Kyler Edwards than it was Marcus Sasser. So, you know, obviously no Kyler Edwards there anymore. So yeah. I'm not saying he's going to take a step back or anything. Um, maybe he gets better now that Tremont Mark helps him probably man that point guard position too. But, um, yeah, that was my thing was was just like we saw Flagler and Cryer kind of man that three-man backcourt with Akinjo. And we definitely know what's happening there. Um, you mentioned Tyrese Hunter, his shooting and all that. I mean, I, I, I definitely agree. Um, I think that's something that he'll be able to, one, fix um, over time, but also like not have to rely on as much because Iowa State depended on him so much for everything. You know, now he has yeah. Marcus Carr, he has Timmy Allen, he has so many other, you know, uh, 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 Dylan Mitchell arterial, right. Two, five stars freshmen playing with him. So like, it's not going to be just him to kind of generate so much of the offense, but it's going to be enough to where I think Marcus Carr now doesn't have to be so methodical and and probably think too much about what's going on in the half court.
1: All right, let's get to number four. We had TCU, Mike miles and Damian ball. Was there any consideration of to you to move them at three, maybe above Texas or is four or like the perfect spot?
0: Yeah. I, I mean, as far as two-way backcourts go, like, they're probably the best, right? Like, two-way backcourts in terms of, like, offense and defense, right? Damian Ball is probably one of the better, probably the best perimeter defender out of the top four. Yeah, it's hard
1: because Baylor, when you say Baylor, Houston, Texas, uh, they're, like, three of the best defenses in the country. Sure, sure. I'm not saying, yeah, I'm not And I'm not to... saying it individually that it's because of them, but it's just, like, right. it's hard to say anything. Right. Negative I about think, them.
0: yeah, I think... I mean, you could say something about that, obviously. Um, I think you have – if they were at – I mean, th- they'd probably start if they're at, like, some of these other schools too, potentially. Who knows? Like, you know, Mike, Mike Miles absolutely is in the conversation to start it if he's out of Texas, if he's at, yeah. you know, Baylor, wherever. Um, Damian Ball isn't going to wow you with a lot of the his scoring numbers, but he's just going to be – consistent. one, he's going to defend – like no one else and then he's gonna absolutely fill up the stat sheet in terms of points, rebounds, assists, right? He's gonna give you that rounded that roundedness. So I think you're looking at one of the more balanced backcourts. So I think if somebody wants to make an argument that they're top three or you know by the end of the year they're in conversation for top two potentially. Um, and also it I will say it took a it took a little bit for the whole for TCU as a whole, but also yeah. like to really get in the gear and if they ended the year, if they started the year the way they ended the year, they're probably more in that conversation, but I'm okay with four. Um, I think they're firmly at four. I don't think a ms better, and I don't, I don't think, think they're so. probably, you could probably make an argument for three, but I think that that's their range, probably. Yeah, that's their
1: highest. Four is four is comfortable, which is obviously yeah. why we have them at four. Yeah. Um, five, Texas AM, and Radford, Wade Taylor. I, this was a late flip for me. I had six um I had them at six and flipped them up to five above yeah, SEC bias got the better of you yeah SEC bias uh and <laughs> Corpus Christi Travian Tennyson and Terion Murdix um this was tough because obviously I think Tyrese Radford is the best player of these of that group between those four mm-hmm. players that I named but and Corpus Christi I mean Tra- Travian Tennyson and Terrion Murdix were really really good players in conferences play especially Bo- both both average over 12 points and uh, I mean, Murdick's, uh over three uh, three assists per game. So, and they're going to have an even you know bigger role this year um, going in going into uh, the season. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, I mean, Tennyson was all conference third team. I think I look at him a similar way. I look at Ter- Tyrese Radford in terms of you know third third team all conference, like a, someone who can step into a role an even bigger role this year. And so I, I think coming around on wade taylor for me is going to be big because i i just have high expectations for him we've had high expectations for him since he committed there out of high school so yeah if wade taylor ends up being the player that we think he can be i think that could be two potentially all sec caliber players there
0: no i agree i think you look i mean you know it's hard to write off a conference championship team like corpus right um you know they they I don't say they stunned everybody because you know the the Southland was kind of wide open, but still, first year head coach, um, things really clicked for them. They looked really solid, uh, made the tournament, and AM, I think AnM is the perfect example of that. If they finished the way they if they started the way they finished, it probably is a different conversation, yeah. um, because they ended so impressively, making the run to the NIT. They're definitely one of the best teams to get snubbed from the tournament overall. Um, I think that backcourt is a big reason why, and if you want to throw in henry coleman in the front court like that's that's they're the reason why we have such high expectations for them heading into the year um basically i don't want it, to it's more or less tournament or bust kind of for them this year definitely um and so um, they're in a bunch of like top
1: 25 top 30
0: stuff. right exactly yeah because the way they ended the year and like i said people yeah. thought that they were one of the best teams and i i agree they were one of the best mm-hmm. teams left out um wade taylor definitely came on as somebody who's going to be um uh one of the a, a potentially top point guard in the state um and one of the more emerging players in the sec. So I don't have a problem with it. Um Trevian Tennyson, I think Tennyson and Murdox are like very steady and they're very, they're very, uh, I think it's hard for me to, I'm okay with putting A&M above because I think even though we don't include like, let's put it this way. Both teams have two forwards that the team kind of goes around, right? and m has Henry Coleman, And um, uh, uh, Corpus Christi has uh, Isaac Mashila. And so, like, they both have two forwards that are kind of more the focal point. But I feel like if you take Mashila versus Coleman and take one of those out, I think Mashila, if you take him out, Corpus suffers more than if you take AM out, uh, if you take Coleman out of AM. I agree. I
1: agree. All right. Uh, 7 8, we have two conference USA schools, Rice and North Texas.
0: I am stunned. That you, I, I, I didn't want to argue this because I wanted you to explain this. So, what? will you have Rice over the the team of your ire, the, the absolute, the grave digger himself for the Rice men's basketball program. Matthew Bruni ranks the Rice backcourt over his okay. alma mater and two-time defending. Look, I had to give, them, I USA had
1: to give them Texas. I had to give them more bulletin board material. They didn't have enough. Going into the year,
0: honestly, Tyler is honest. gonna shoot seven game winners this year. Just, to... <laughs> I was,
1: yeah, yeah. Um, this was okay. I have been a, um, I don't want to say apologist, but in, part of the reason I got so upset at Rice last year was because.
0: Oh, you're an absolute. Account. You're the opposite of an apologist. You, you are an absolute like the but, okay, biggest yeah, critic. I was of this I was the
1: opposite of apologist during the season, but like, I feel like there's so much talent. On this team, that's why I was upset. It's like, that's why it's like frustrating that Paris can't get anything out of these guys. Because Travis Evie, this will be what, his fourth year of being, or his third year of being a double-digit scorer. Like, he continues to fill it up every single season. He averaged 13.5 last year. Obviously, Carl Pierre came on last year and was was great for them. Cool, and Quincy Olivari kind of took a step back, and he only averaged Mm 10 last season, but two years ago, they were both averaging like 14, 15. And so last year they go to 13 points and 10 points. I mean, in theory, Evie and Olivari are two guys who should be again, 13, 14 point per game scorers, help Rice be a, a, an average team of conference USA, if not above average team of conference USA. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, there's a little bit of a flaw because they just haven't completely done that yet. But I've, I'm going to just say put the blame on everybody else outside of them and say that these two guys are too talented not to be below seven.
0: Okay. So. I will say, I to your point, so shout out to my new favorite website, HoopMath. Um, I was curious because, like, you know, you mentioned it, right? This is a team that loves to get out in transition. They love to shoot threes. They love to – that's how they beat you, right? That's how we're always, like, very cautious to them come turnar- uh, tournament time because if, if they got hot, they could all of a sudden you blink and they're in the semifinal yeah, or something. Which they
1: did a couple years ago tomorrow. Right.
0: Obviously, hasn't happened since, but we were kind of like waiting for that, uh, waiting for them to catch teams off guard. Now, to your point, those shots just didn't go down last year. They're a team that love early shots, and I'm looking at it right now. Transition. So they have a hoop math has offense and transition, which is, you know, basically they measure it as. Attempts within the first 10 seconds of a possession that starts with a tr- with a turnover, right? Steal okay. or yep. defensive rebounder, they count that as a ter- quote unquote turnover. They shot combined. This is with Carl Pierre and I'll throw Olivari in there as well. They shot but basically 150 threes total between those three guys. That's Pierre, that's Evie, that's Quincy Olivari. They made 50 of them, roughly. Yeah. They shot horribly for shots that they took yeah. way too many, way too many of, right? If that's the offense, you got to hit a better clip than that, right? Yeah. Uh, Travis Evie shot 26% on those transition threes after taking 60, right? Yeah. If that's your offense, you better have something better than that going on. um But I agree that you watch him and you're like, oh, yeah, I'll trust him to take that shot. And then he, hits 26%. You're like, well, I don't know why I'm trusting you to hit that shot. So. Yeah. And then,
1: then they <laughs> run offense occasionally and they, right. you know, get some decent looks out of it And they can score the ball and they have these games where they're hot. And mm-hmm. Evie, I mean, to be fair, he ends the season. I'm trying to look at the splits here. Yeah early in the season or he ends the season 38 percent from three in conference only 34 percent from three olivari 37 percent from three in conference yep. uh, pierre was over 40 percent from three in conference so you have these moments where it's like all right they look like they can do something and so that's where i'm always going to hold on to like if they can just put it together as a team and as a coaching staff and as a program right i feel like these these are two very very talented guards and well, do you have anything else on Rice before I try to turn? No, I was, the- I, was, I was
0: just going to say, like, go, you know, obviously Tyler Perry doesn't need much explanation. No,
1: Tyler Perry is is an elite guard. Um, I'm interested to see what he does as a starter this year. Obviously, last year coming off the bench, he was uh, a flamethrower and arguably like their only form of offense. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure how much, you know, if he'll have the same responsibility on his shoulders this year. Uh, he's great. Ty- Tyler Perry's great. <clears throat> the problem comes in finding a second guard. Mm-hmm. And Ruben Jones, uh, someone I've, I've obviously covered a lot of and watched a ton of, this has to be the year Ruben Jones takes that next step. This mm-hmm. has to be Ruben Jones' breakout year because as a freshman, it was cool. He was like, dang, this guy can really, really play out of Yates. You know, he's uber talented. Last year, a uh, starter, I wanted more from him. I think he ended in the year with uh, eight points per game, right? Yeah, eight Absolutely. points per game. So, you know, fifth leading scorer. Um, definitely someone who I, I thought was fine, but as a sophomore didn't quite take the step forward I was looking for. Mm-hmm. This year, I, I expect him to be in double digits. Pretty simple. And if he can get to that 10, 11-point threshold where he's also racking up assists, then I think North Tech will look back on this and be like, all right, North Texas is probably a top five back. Yeah, but I, yeah, I need to find. I need to see Ruben take that step forward. And then also – I. Through Kai Huntsbury in there as the transfer, he could be really good too. So if mm-hmm. it, either of those take a step forward, then, then we're like,
0: okay, they're a the top five back. I think the thing for me that I'm really curious about is and they were able to do it. they were, they were able to UNC was able to make it work without this, because obviously you look at the year before and they had an elite guard that can get in the lane and make things happen right yeah. last year they didn't really have that but they didn't really need that they had a lot of outside shooting they had, an, they had enough scoring on the inside that to where they could level. dump it somebody you know dump it to somebody i'm looking at it and Tyler Perry and Ruben Jones combined for less for less than 70 shots at the rim right and so I'm, that's my i'm curious about that right does Tyler Perry have that in his game or is he good enough from the outside to just like make that his thing which yeah. sure enough he shot what Insane percentage from three last year, so like, and he took a lot of them. So let me see, he shot forty three percent from three. So like, he doesn't need to be. If also, also he's a little, I don't say undersized, but like he's a little smaller. So like, he's he undersized. maybe
1: doesn't. He's he's like five five eleven five ten. Is he five eleven? Okay, I, I didn't know if he was six or not. Um, but so like going <laughs> to hesitate so, before you labeled him under six quick. I was
0: about to say yeah. I don't I don't know I don't know. <laughs> You're like, yeah, you don't you don't
1: know what he what he tells people. You know I don't have the me measurements
0: I don't have the measurements up right now. But so uh, 11, but, yeah. <laughs> but uh. <laughs> Um, but yeah like I'm curious about that right I'm curious what Tyler Perry looks like as a starter there's a it's a we talked to Grant McCaslin a little bit about starting versus being uh, the the sixth man right And how that offense changes from how they start because they are more of a more of a half court offense and have more of, I mean, they're obviously half court offense, but like now they're half court offense. That's for sure. They, 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 they they do laps if they get the ball in transition. Um, (laughs) If they don't pull that ball back out. Um, But you you get, you what I'm saying? Right. It's a lot, a lot more methodical, a lot more sets because they don't have that guy to bail them out early in the game. Then when Tyler Perry gets up, okay, cool. This set's not there. This looks not there. Get us a shot. Um, Does that start earlier now that he starts or does he initiate more? of that methodical work it around work the ball inside offense. I don't know. Um, that's my question, Mark, like you mentioned, it's more on Ruben Jones to be that guy. Tyler Perry is that guy. Um, we'll see more game winners from him, uh, late, uh, this year just cause I don't know if there's anybody else in the state that I'd rather have the ball with, you know, <laughs> a minute left and, and you're down a couple scores. So, um, yeah. as far uh, as, as that's concerned, he's
1: yeah, especially with Drez, uh, being gone too i mean mm-hmm. it has mm-hmm. ruben has to take a step forward so that's yeah that's the whole thing holding me up from not putting them a little bit higher sure. all right nine i have prairie view uh nine wave prairie view jeremiah gambrel and will douglas and then 10 we have sfa with Rody where roadie Ware and latrell J- jostle uh, for sfa uh roadie where only played 10 games last year mm-hmm. um the average 11 points shot 42 percent from three i just trust him to get back to where he was and the right. trail draw so averaged, I believe, nine points per game. Yeah, 9.2 points per game. Didn't shoot the ball very efficiently uh, from two, but from three was 37%. So you'll take that. Um, and Prairie View, obviously, Jawan Daniels is gone. So you have Jeremiah Gamble, who was the 2nd leading scorer last year. We'll have to do, have more on his plate. had 11.6 points per game last year. And then um, you kind of go from there, and you have Will Douglas and – will Douglas average I had this uh, 10.2 points per game. So, you know, you get two of your starting guards back and I expect them to be solid if nothing else.
0: No, I agree. I think that, you know, you have I'm curious cuz like the whole one the, the frustrating thing is um Texas Southern doesn't have their 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 rosters up so Roster. we, can't really, we can't we can't really see what uh what PJ they have Henry
1: was, I I literally had to go and search pj henry and i checked his twitter yeah i was like okay he's still on texas southern it's still in his bio he was retweeting stuff yeah and but i'm looking for the roster and i'm like i can't find anything else here so texas southern arguably could have been on this list if i knew who was still but like
0: as far as what we know you know i trust these guys coming back versus i don't know it's, it's always weird with hbcus and the slack like they could transfer to anywhere right yeah um and so yeah, I, I, I do trust them as one of the best teams in the SWAC. And I think as of what we know right now, potentially the best or one of the best backcourts returning. Um, I like SFA. SFA has been kind of in that, I don't know, they haven't been bad, right? But it's definitely like not the SFA we're used to as far as that's concerned. And, you know, part of that was injury last year, like you mentioned. So I'm, this is going to be a very fascinating year for me when it comes to SFA's um, trajectory, because they obviously their 21 program Kyle Keller's done an incredible job there. I think they've I want to say they might have won 20 games every year he's been there yeah. um except the year before because of uh yeah. the covid year. But like I don't know, I'm curious what he looks like with a with a healthy team now. Like uh, you know, last year probably could have been a breakout year for them. Um the
1: crazy so, thing is last year it was it was like it was as though they were it was as though they were very quiet in mm-hmm. what they did. I mean they end up going 22 and 10 14 and 4 so I don't so I was victim of this. Like I, we didn't talk about them a ton because sure. there was just not <clears throat> there weren't a bunch of marquee wins, a bunch of marquee games where you're right. like, oh, you know, this really shows how good SFA is. No, they they beat up on a couple bad teams and then you know they lost to Mexico State, um, lost to ACU uh, late in the season and then kind of flamed out at the end. So there wasn't much to hold on to, and mm-hmm. so. I like, like you said, I'm interested to see how they how they look at full speed, full go.
0: Yeah. One more thing uh, about Jer- uh, Jeremiah Gambrell. I'm curious now that he is more of the guy at Prairie View. Like he by far led the team with three point shots, right? He jacked up a lot. He almost jacked up 180. Um, and now that Jawan Daniels is gone, is that more. are we hit? Are we hit? Are we hitting 200 right now? <laughs> are we? <laughs> I was more. about to say. And well, credit to him, he hit 36 percent of those. Like that's a, it's. Stupid number for somebody jacking mm-hmm. 176 shots. So, does that go up? I don't know. Prairie likes to play fast. So, probably that'll be fun to watch. So, I'm, yeah, I'm curious to see what that looks like.
1: All right. Uh, we can wrap this up pretty quick or on the men's side because we spent 25 minutes on the men's side. Uh, UTEP, honorable, or this honorable mentions UTEP, mm-hmm. Tay Hardy, and Shamar Givens, uh, both talented players. Obviously, kind of just need to see how they fit within Golden System. Yep. Uh, Texas Tech. I was not going to put Davion Harmon and Jalen Tyson on here. I don't it's a lot of,
0: it's a lot of wait and see what those This are. was
1: not. Yeah. This was not an order of honorable mention. I just have right. the names right now. I was not going to put Texas tech on here. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um. Actually honorable mention, Sam Houston state Quay, Quay Grant and Dante powers, I think could be actually pretty decent.
0: Yeah. For yeah. Them. It just depends on how Quay Grant does uh, coming up from, obviously he was a Wichita state, but he was a good D2 player. So yeah.
1: Um. I, like I said, Texas Southern, I have PJ Henry and then no roster. So you know, it could be somebody good, and it could right. be someone not good. So, uh, Texas State, Mason Harrell. I couldn't figure out who the second player is. Elijah Kennedy, Evern Down. I,
0: that, I yeah, know. no. It's. I would not be surprised if uh, I'm not surprised that they didn't make a list, just because right now the only guy guaranteed is uh, Harrell. I mean, it could be um, uh, Drew Drennan, but I don't know. They liked yeah. him as the guy off the bench. So, who knows?
1: Um, and then the last team I'll mention is Abilene Christian, uh, Damian Daniels, Hunter Jack Madden, I. I was looking at Abilene Christian's roster. It's kind of – I've written down weird young roster.
0: Yeah. That's
1: how I described it. There you go. (laughs) All right. To the women's side, let's see if we can roll through this. Let me pull up the – or actually, let me go through them, and then I'll say and then we'll put them up. All right. Number one is Texas, Rory Harmon and Shaylee Gonzalez. Two, Baylor, Jamie Asbury, and Sarah Andrews. Three, North Texas with Jacqueline Moore and Quincy Noble. Four AM Corpus Christi, McKenna Serrata, and Violetta Verano. Uh, five UT Arlington, Kayla, Kayla White, and Jare Washington. Six UTEP, Jay Zion Jackson, and Naya Boyd. Seven Houston, Layla Blair, Tiara Young. Eight Texas State, Kennedy Taylor, Kayla Bowie. Nine Texas Tech, Reamber Scott Riley McKinney. And ten AM Commerce, Diana Robinson, and Asia As- 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 Smith there's the list Texas AM commerce
0: making the debut making making the list already <laughs> all right let's uh let's start from the top again i mean i asked you uh, similar to the last one i guess like one and two you know what to me i guess i was i asked you like okay is are we underrating or overrating shaley gonzalez right now for texas right like putting the obviously rory Harmon's. The, I think, in our opinion, easily the best guard in the state. Yes, um, I have no, I have no qualms with that. My question when I when you sent me that list, I was like, okay, I it, you know, explain to me what the one and two was, the logic between one and two was. I guess was my question for you.
1: The so Rory Harmon is obviously, I think Rory Harmon is significantly better than anybody else on this list. like yes. a pretty, if she can, if she takes a modest step forward, I think she's right by far the best. Shayla Gonzalez. I had her high on my transfer rankings. Uh, mm-hmm. I think I had her four, three. I don't remember. But she was the West Coast Conference Player of the Year last year. Second team All-American from the Athletic. I mean, she was the mid-major Player of the Year finalist. Uh, I mean, all West Coast Conference. First team, obviously. Averaged 18, over 18 points a game. Six boards, four and a half assists, two and a half steals. I'm, I'm I'm betting that she's pretty good. I'm betting that we. I didn't watch BYU last year. But I'm betting that she can be <laughs> a good player compliment to rory Harmon, and she can be i look at her on the same level i look at baylor's backcourt in a sense mm-hmm. so if i look at them the same then i think rory Harmon kind of puts it over the top so
0: okay yeah, I'm still yeah that's there. fair i yeah i i can i can see that um god it's just gonna be so weird what to expect from this baylor team obviously we like their additions we had you know um Brenna Howard and Asia Blackwell on our top transfers list. Um, they're going to be impact players in the front court. But like, what does this team look like when I'm assuming the offense goes more around Asbury and Andrews than it did last year? And, you know, obviously they want to be more guard oriented. And so I guess I've been waiting for like Sarah Andrews took a step forward last year, right? I'm, I'm thinking she was, she looked really, really good at times. Um, but there were those games where, it felt like they needed to not have so much on their plate. Right. Like it looked it, I guess there that, were games
1: where you wanted them to not shoot the ball.
0: Right. Yes. Uh, and that's where I'm okay with that's where I fell in the end being okay with Texas because how much was on Rory Harmon's plate and how much she needed to have on her plate offensively, defensively, being that spark, um, and just kind of they basically went as she went, right? If she was stuck in second gear on offense they couldn't get going either if she was playing both ways getting in transition getting in the passing lane then they were just absolutely clamps and lockdown. um but yeah Baylor there were there were times last year where like y'all shouldn't be shooting these 25 33s y'all got Melissa Smith (laughs) um so that's where the the talent is there for Baylor um but I I do wonder about the consistency and the kind of the rely the ability to rely on them as opposed to Rory Harmon who you know, maybe they don't have to rely on her because they have somebody now like Shayla Gonzalez to, to throw the load on a little bit. And, you know, we could you could also throw um, uh, as maybe a hope. Right. A Kendall Hunter. Right. Yeah. Um, somebody who you hope develops a little more to to kind of help the load. Obviously, we're keeping it to two. But if you want to throw depth in there. Right. Baylor. I don't think Baylor has the depth to even match with. You know, I think that would help Texas's case, basically, is what I'm saying. Yeah, I think
1: I also mentioned uh, Sonia Morris. Sonia Moore, a player from DePaul, who is yep. basically like one of DePaul's leading scorers all time. So, and I think
0: they still have a Liam Athar. Was oh no, wait, sorry, she went to Florida. No. I she did go soon. to Florida.
1: I forgot. Yes, yeah. yeah. sorry. R.I.P. Sorry. All right, <laughs> all right. Um, I will take the list down now. All right, next, um. North Texas. This was this. They moved up a lot, for, like late, because I was just looking at it. And I was like. You have Jocelyn Moore here, who averaged, I think, mm-hmm. over 17 a game at Incarnate Word. Mm-hmm. And then you have Quincy Noble, who averaged over 14 a game at North Texas last year. And if they can come together, then I think they are better than everybody else on this list. <clears throat> I mean, I'm really high on Anna and Corpus Christi. Obviously, they had a really good year last year. McKenna Serrata um, was first team all-conference. Of- Violeta Verano, I uh, believe, led the conference in assists and averaged nine points a game on top of it. So yeah. you have a really good backcourt there. And then I think you can even throw UTA and UTEP. Like the three through six here yep. is very tough. I'll put it back on, on the on the stream for those who didn't see this. But the three through six here of North Texas, then AM and then UT Arlington, then UTEP was really tough because UTA, Kayla White uh, was, I believe, second team all of, all LA, AAC last year, and then Jarae Washington. Uh, average 14 a game at Arkansas State, and then UTEP. Jayson Jackson was really good at North Texas last year, and Naya Boyd coming from uh, Oklahoma State. I mean, three through six—that that's how I I have them, and that's yeah. how I mean I, you you signed off on them. Do you,
0: is there any movement that you would suggest here, or what do you think? The weird thing about like, I, I agree with what you basically which all what you said, but like I, <laughs> the one that fascinates me more is UTEP. Cause like, I don't know. Jay Z and Jackson and Nia Boyd were on the same roster before, you know. Like they didn't play a they didn't play a ton together. I don't think uh, that you know because it was obviously just one year. Um, but like they have some familiarity with each other, and like yeah. that's that's the most fascinating one to me. I, I agree with Unt. I think Jocelyn Moore absolutely is a potential star there. I don't think it's that big of a jump. Um, to go from to, to basically if she if she's not i don't think she's gonna drop the exact same numbers as she did at um yeah. at uh, uh in uh, word. word but like if you can go from that to, um you know 15 13 right i think that's absolutely you know within the realm and she's young enough she's still a junior um to where she could probably still by the time she graduates she could get to that 17 mark uh, point mark and considering that they had no one else on that team, I think it wouldn't be a shock if she's able to be that efficient um, with her scoring still. So I agree about the ceiling of that team. I think that her and Quincy Noble are a fascinating combination. Um, I think as far as I agree with the placing right now, just because Nia Boyd's a year out from when she was really good with North Texas, um, obviously struggled at Oklahoma state. Um, and Jay on Jackson, I think is really good as well. But I, you know, as far as, what they are together, not sure. Um, I'm okay having UTA and uh, Corpus Christi teams that you know were very successful in their conference. Um, I think with Corpus Christi, the only thing for me is it's similar to the men where it's like they had this star player in Alicia Westbrook mm-hmm. in the front court. You know, Are they able... Obviously, McKenna Serrata was... Well, I think they're actually their leading scorer, but uh, Alicia Westbrook had such a huge stretch for them as far as being a double-double machine. But... Um, Cool. I do wonder what it's, what it looks like a little bit with No, uh, oh, Well, I uh, Westbrook's back, I believe. Oh, she is. Okay. Well, I guess that, that plays into it. Right. Well, like, you know mm-hmm. what take away Westbrook, what is that backcourt? Right. I still think yeah. McKenna Serrata still racks up a ton of points. Um, and she shot the ball very well, I think nearly 50%. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think uh, I'm okay with that placing for now. That's my only question with them. And um as far as uh, uh UTA is concerned, I I think Kayla White's really good. I think um Jared Washington's really good. I think those are um I'm more I don't know, I guess that's more of a compete that's more of a, a wait and see as well for me. Yeah. A little bit.
1: So. Yeah, UTA. I'm excited to see UTA because obviously they lose Katie Farrell, lose Terry and Milton. Um I don't remember to do the other one but I mean they they add you know jerry washington and Ky- kayla white and you still have Star jacobs it's gonna be a real interesting team um yeah, and yeah i mean we covered three through six there i i wouldn't have problem with the, any order of those that group between mm-hmm. north texas corpus christi uta and utep i think those are pretty comfortably the three that's six. kind of
0: our that's kind of our like the, our, the whole category is kind of like a wait and see category like yeah <laughs> that whole like block of teams are like I like all those names. I don't know how they're gonna work together, but yeah, like if we put additions. tier names
1: on there on these, you know, tiers. It's you know, you have the one and two. You have like the established right, two, uh, two up top, and then three through six. You're like, on paper, they're great. <laughs> right, that, right, that's yeah. what I would call three through six. So, um, seven is Layla Blair and Tiara Young. Eight, Texas State, Kennedy Taylor, and Jocalea Bowie. Um, I think you could throw nine and. In- Ten in there too. Heck, Bram Versapp from Texas round Tech round and Riley McKinney, um, and then AM and Commerce Dan, Diana Robinson. I see a Smith. AM Commerce was really good last year at the Division II level. Mm-hmm. Now they're bumping up a bit, so I feel like putting them on the list was was safe. But sure. any any qualms here with seven through ten?
0: Not really. Um, I think Jaquela Bowie for Texas State's an interesting an interesting one because she's somebody who. I think gives them enough secondary playmaking to not have as much of a load on Kennedy Taylor. Um, I know she led, I think she led the nation in assists last year Um, Mm -hmm. and they just need somebody to kind of do a lot of the other stuff. She's not going to fill up the stat, the stat sheet. She's not going to, you know, shoot it lights out from three. I think she shot, I think shot like maybe two threes a game last year. Um, The one that fascinates me most it's tech. Yeah, because I have no idea what the hell to expect. Hundred percent. Um, Amber Scott missed a lot of the season,
1: and then when, even when she came back, it was like she then she was gone and then she was back. Right,
0: right. Career. And uh, uh, Riley McKinney started the season very well. Right. Yeah. She when Vivian Gray was out, Riley McKinney was somebody who was like, oh man, she's definitely. I think she is somebody who can still play at this level, but like at, when she started, she was like, oh, there's no question, right? I think she had like. 15, let me see. I'm looking back on it. 15, 21, 14, 15, 11, 14. And then after that New Mexico game on November 28th, she had three double digit scoring games the rest of the year. Right. Yeah. And part of that I know was Vivian Gray came back fully healthy and like, or not fully healthy, but like as healthier. And yeah. then she just started getting less minutes. Um, I, th- so this is one that's like a potentially high ceiling one because Briamber Scott, we know, is potentially that she was brought in to be that secondary player behind uh, Vivian Gray. And obviously injury hurt that, but we know that she has the ability to be based on what she's done in the past um, at, uh, what was it? Little rock. I think. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and Yeah. Pretty sure. Yeah. And so, um, so she, that's probably the one that's like that they could shoot as high as into the top three yeah, <laughs> by the end shoot. of the year, or they could drop out of the top 10 and be like, yeah, they, we, you know, at, remember Scott never got healthy and Riley McKinney didn't hit her, early season highs as she did last year um so that's one that's fascinating to me houston i'm okay with it they were disappointed last they were disappointing last year but we know layla blair is a top uh all-conference player um i'm okay i'm okay with it putting putting it blankly yeah
1: yeah i mean i don't have too much else uh, to add to what you said already i think tech is obviously the highest ceiling of this group like if they yeah. put it together to, Texas Tech is obviously in that three through six range, like we talked about. Um, <clears throat> I think to Kayla Bowie, you know, we want to see her take a step forward next to Kennedy Taylor. If that's mm-hmm. the case, then Texas State, that a team that we're already high on because they return everybody, could right. be even better. And yeah, I mean, A&M Commerce—they won a lot of games last year. Diana Robinson, Diana Robinson was really good for them. So, you know, I'm just, like we like we always talk about—they come in, we'll see where. You know how they fit in Division One ball uh, on a consistent basis and how they play, so that was kind of more cautionary thing. Leaving as we go into like who we, who didn't make it. I have two teams here: is SFA yeah. and Abilene Christian. SFA mm-hmm. Zion Nugent obviously is a very very good player. Figuring out the second player there is tough. I put Angel Scott and Angel Scott. I don't believe had a didn't have a great year last year as far as you know she didn't fill it up statistically. So I I couldn't justify putting. SFA on there as just Zion
0: Nugent sure I yeah I agree I think when you lose Stephanie Visher, you know you're kind of looking at that Zion Nugent I think will be fine um, mm-hmm. and from the games I saw last year Angel Scott was good in in spurts um, she had her moments and I definitely know I definitely see why there were times where she was the first guard off the bench or that she, you know, they play, uh, they let her run point with Stephanie Fisher, things like that. But like you mentioned, there's a reason why I think they also trusted or they wanted to share in Robinson out there uh, uh, playing point a lot off the bench or um starting sometimes it just didn't quite click. And I think from what we expected of them last year compared to the year before, I think it showed kind of the the, the drop-off in point guard play, right? And I don't want to put that all on Angel Scott because um, I think it was a, as a whole, I think they that position wasn't as solidified because um, yeah. Stephanie Vischer was a little bit better as a two guard mm-hmm. than she was uh, as a pure point. But, yeah, um, that's somebody who I'm hoping takes a step forward because she has a lot of energy. Um, she's really good defensively. And I, I'm curious if – yeah, I'm curious to see what happens there with um, – if they can figure something out. Cause like you said, Zion Nugent is somebody who can fill it up. And I'm kind of excited to see her without Stephanie Vischer, right? Does she hit that like 18 yeah. point mark? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. yeah. And then
1: uh, Evelyn Christian as the second one. Uh, Maddie Miller and Bella Earl are the two. Bella Earl came off the bench for most last year. Maddie Miller, I believe, was second in scoring uh, around mm-hmm. nine point five, nine and a half points a game. So, you know, not a ton of to work. I think the top 10 is pretty solidified for the most yeah. part. And then you kind of just you're reaching reaching a little bit if you go past that too much. Sure. So, um, And then there was just nothing else that stood out on for the rest of – I mean, TCU was yeah. is rebuilding to a degree. At SMU, I couldn't really discern anybody there. Uh, UTSA obviously added Kira White to its backcourt, but I don't tr- – fully trust anything else on that obviously we'll get into Jordan a lot of later speculation later. on UTSA yeah. yeah so um yeah and like Sam Houston as is, is okay mm. we'll I kind of go through him but I, I feel like that's a pretty good 10 and then two um on, on top of that so
0: sure all right yeah, go I'm okay with that man uh, I think we I think we did a good job. You know, there was not much arguing going on through text or things like that. Uh, there was only no, like a couple. Of, there was only a couple of questions like, "Oh, what's what's up with this?" You know, the, but, the top
1: but... the top was was harder to, to figure out on both sides. Obviously, you know the one and right. the two for both. Uh, I think Texas Baylor is both one two on both sides. No Texas three on the mid side. Sorry, Houston. Yeah, Tennessee. two, but. Yeah, there's a good list. Uh, We hope you all enjoyed it. Uh, Like I said, on YouTube, I had the rankings up for y'all to see. Um, So if you want to check out the YouTube, uh, we appreciate that. And, uh, yeah, leave us a five-star rating wherever you listen to the podcast. You can follow us on Twitter uh, at DCT Basketball, at Matthew Bruni, at Ishmael R. Johnson. Uh, Let us know what you think of the list, who's too high, who's too low. Um, You know, it's going to – we always enjoy embracing – the uh, the debate of the, the feedback from y'all. So we, but, uh, we got
0: we got front courts coming next week, right?
1: Front courts coming next week. So Let's we will get the bigs involved, and that'll will really continue our uh, preseason content. At that point, it'll be October, so we're less oh, than a month geez. away at that point. Oh Whew. God! When's the
0: magazine? Is the magazine out? N- the magazine will come out. So we go to press uh mid October. So okay. it'll be out. Uh, Early late November, okay. or late October, early November. Hopefully, okay. we're hoping. That's cool. There you go.
1: There's a free plug. All right, guys. Uh, we appreciate y'all for joining us. Again, uh, check out the YouTube if you haven't already. But yeah, we appreciate y'all for joining us. We'll talk to y'all later.